Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Get the Let Out with Chuck Stead. We have a very special guest this week, and maybe for the next few, depending if we're able to do this. So we wanted to introduce her. Cindy has been a friend of Dr. Chuck Stead's for many, many years, and uh, they, they have a real history together. And so I'm going to turn it over to Chuck and ask him to tell us a little bit about Cindy and, and introduce her, if you will, Chuck. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a big task, <laughs> okay? Uh, Cynthia Fountain is a, a Ramapo. She's an esteemed and highly regarded elder in the community, in the nation. And over the years, Cynthia has been, I refer to her as Cindy, of course, has been involved in a lot of activities uh, dealing with the, the health of the community, just the health of her immediate family, because everyone associated with Ramapos have been stricken with uh, health issues, uh, particularly based on the book, uh, particularly by Ford Motor Company and the contamination. But uh, Cindy is also a survivor. And again, like the other Ramapos we've talked to in this series, we're talking, about, we're talking about recovery, we're talking about identity, and we're talking about survival. And I think that's important. I especially feel it's important for young people to hear, rather than the intellectual nonsense of sustainability, we need to hear the reality of how do we survive this? How do we survive this? And, and Cindy's good on that as well. And of course, she's a very spiritual uh, woman, and we'll get to that. Okay, great. What is this episode? Well, we're, we're deep into the uh, wounded storytellers section of the book, and this particular episode is Vulture. Vulture in our region has grown in numbers since my boyhood, while turkey vulture used to be a dominant scavenger. In recent years, the slightly smaller and more agile black vulture has moved in. Studies indicate the black vulture, which is not really entirely black, is more aggressive than the turkey vulture, causing some ornithologists to keep a close eye on their interactions. Either way, increased presence of vultures is usually an indication of increased exposed human garbage. This was the case in Torn Valley. During my boyhood, trapping and sighting vultures was not yet as common as it would become later once the landfill was opened, and that became a daily occurrence. With the landfill capped, but a continued presence of waste material at the transfer station, a sizable vulture population, both turkey and black vulture, has been sustained. Whenever a Ramapo comes into Torn Valley and a vulture glides effortlessly on outstretched rings, spiling upwards in the rising thermals from the Superfund methane gas vents, they talk of this sacred bird, this sacred bird, scavenger known to most people, to the Ramapo, a sacred bird. A scavenger animal, as any naturalist knows, serves an important role in the ecosystem, but the significance goes beyond maintenance. The vulture teaches a powerful lesson in sustainability, sustaining both the outer and the inner environment. Digging through rotting carrion, the vulture is subject to harmful bacteria, which are dealt with by solar cleansing, accumulating strong ultraviolet rays with his long black feathered coat. Even the talons are cleansed with a digestive enzyme in the urine. It serves as a cleaning agent. Back in the 1980s, from Chief Redbone, I heard that Turkey Vulture burned his once beautiful feathered headdress off when he pushed the sun back in place. It had gotten loose. 
he pushed it back in place. He was requested to do this. This story resembled the traditional tale recorded by Ted Andrews in his work Animal Speak. He observes that vulture was the only animal willing to push sun back to a safe distance from the earth. In so doing, he burns off his headdress. Andrew's version includes the exploits of other animals, trying and failing. And they were also marked by the sun's flame. Fox, for example, burned his gums black, and possum burned his tail scaly. Along with Chief Redbone, I have heard others, both white and non-white, talk of vulture, burning off his head feathers. Notably, some of the white versions tell of Vulture's calamity with the sun as being the result of his arrogance in proving he could fly higher than eagle. That's only in the white versions. To men like Chief Man and Chief Perry, these big, elegant, and ancient-looking creatures are elders with powerful medicine. Ramapo Cindy Fountain of Newburgh, New York, believes that Vulture assists the passage of deceased animals into the spirit realm. In Algonquin culture, Vulture, like many of the raven and the crow family, lives in a place between the realms. Often at roadside kills, Vulture feathers can be found where the carrion lays. There is a wide range of interpretation around feather medicine. Believing in a powerful existence governed by a divine being, no action is without meaning. Every feather found, therefore, has a meaning. White eagle feathers are about majesty and preeminence. Vulture feathers are about care and accompaniment between realms, death and rebirth. Soaring over the top of the Ramapo landfill, a CAP Superfund site, the vultures mark the sky with their great wingspan. They glide down the valley over Ford's fields of lead paint and then over the landfill where asbestos, spent engine oil, countless tires, tons of plastic, Avon cosmetics, American cyanamide chemicals, and of course, more Ford paint sludge. All of it festers deep in the ground and above it, the vulture. These elder birds, reminder to chief man that this is a place in transition a place where death and rebirth cycle. It is apparent here. Okay. <laughs> Very interesting. First, first chapter here at Cindy Fountains. Very special place. Tell me a little bit more about how, and it's Cindy, maybe you could, how the vultures came to have that meaning. Well, every animal is a purpose under the sun. We've all learned the purpose. To me, as an old traditional style native, and yes, I got grandkids and I pushed them to do some of the stuff that's traditional ways. It made me the strength that I am now, so I'm, I'm comfortable with it. But the lessons, their gifts are courageous. Creator made me this way with the purpose to teach. Because that's what all of our purposes are. Every living thing is to teach, share, and journey on. I had some incredible privileges in my life because I'm not intimidated by much of anything. And uh, coming over the mountain from West Point one night, really late at night, there was one. And it was the red head. The turkey vulture. Yeah. And then there must have been an argument because when I got the one... 
I've seen the other one, and that was the blackhead. Uh, just let me ask you: how, how do you think they? How do you think they died? These two. I think that they were all out eating. There, there was a carcass on the side. So they were working on the carcass. Yeah, yeah. That's what I assumed. Mm-hmm. I brought them down in the middle of the night. She's an old crazy woman. She probably got dead animals in the back of the car. Yes, I yes, do. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. <laughs> as yes. a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, <laughs> you know. So those are things that I do. I come down, I see a man that's he didn't get the right rooting for being an old medicine man. He's a younger man than me, but he needed some guidance in it. And so he's got like a, he just needs to know where his spot is to set and do what he wants done and say his prayers the way he wants. So, you know, he knows me to always stop and greet him and talk. So I stop, I said, listen, man, I got something really unusual. And I said, you know, I got to show this to you. So I brought him over by the car, opened the door, showed him the things. And he was, he sensed and knew that it was a sacred item of teaching. You know, I let him see it. And he was the first person. And when I did, I was like, glad I did. So I went on to work with other people. I don't have to stay working with anybody for a lifetime because I only tell them, I share with you what you can register and connect with in your mind, you go forward with it because the creator's got a big thing for you. I like that expression. Creator's got a big thing for you. You know what yeah. I mean? It's got yeah. a big th- it is a big thing. It's, it is a big thing, you know, and I'm not the, the artist. I may be the artist for page one, but I'm not the whole book. Uh, so that's my experience with them. Around here, there's lots of feathers. Uh, yes, you sure. Know? Yes. I've gotten feathers out of zoos. We went to Alaska. We woke up on Monday. I said, I'm going to Alaska. We went the next day, Tuesday. We flew up to Alaska. I'm crazy with airplanes because I got to sit by the window because I got to watch everything. I got to see every road. I got to watch the map. You and me both, Cindy, I I do the same thing on an airplane. If I could go up front and steer the thing, I'd feel a whole lot better. You (laughs) You know know what I mean? (laughs) When you went to Alaska, did you go to a a zoo there? Yeah, the first place we, we went was to the zoo. When we got there, there was, we went right to the aviary. That was almost as big as my house. And I, I talk to all animals. They hear me, I know them, they know me. So I looked up at the eagle, it was a bald eagle. I said, listen, it's my first time here. You know this, I, I, I'm a newcomer. I said, but if you want, you can give me a feather as a souvenir. Then there were other eagles that came down and swooped around us and talked and stuff. Um, my granddaughter, of course, Belle knows how to talk to animals just the same way, too. So we were talking, and the next day, the bird made this real squawk. When it squawked, it came off of the branch that it was on, swerved over to where I was standing, swung around, and dropped a feather directly as about as close as my feet are to me right now. And uh, I looked at the man and I said, can I get that feather? And he went, no, in slow motion, no, but you can, because you're native. He had never seen me before in his life. 
And what, what does the feather mean to you? Is it, is it a part of the spirit? Is it a, a gift? What is that? It is a gift that puts the connection back in to me and the creator. Mm-hmm. You, creator, put this flying stuff out long before we folks got here. But now you are going to give me the gift of that bird. That means I'm supposed to be reminded every day that I'm supposed to fly. And that feather has been so many places. So many, so many places. Then Mally got tons of feathers when he was sick. You don't go and buy your feathers. You don't go buy eagle feathers. You can't do that. We walk in... Uh, the grain store up in uh, further up in Sullivan County one day, Jeff and I, on the ground, there laid a feather. Well, both Jeffrey and I looked at it. We knew that's an eagle feather laying on the floor in the store. So Jeff finally picked it up. He said to the lady, I found this feather on the floor. And just as nice, she said, it's hers. Do you know that there's a federal law that Native people are allowed to collect feathers when they find them? But nobody else. Yeah, you can get ten thousand dollar fines. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's uh, the Wilderness Society and another conservation group years ago, on behalf of uh, Native folks, managed to get that law passed. Mm -hmm. That was back in the day before, you know, the day of Rachel Carson, back in the time when the eagles were dying off because of the pollution, Mm -hmm. and they said because of this, the only people who should have any uh, right to to the feather would be native people. And, uh, but the law, is st- the eagles are doing better now, mm-hmm. of course, but the law is still in place. It's a, a number of politicians tried to change that law on behalf oh, I know. of hunters because they wanted to shoot eagles. Oh. They wanted to hunt eagles. Mm-hmm. And uh, they fought that even in Alaska. It was a big said, problem no, up here happen. in Newburgh when the airport, was, you know, airport yeah. was not new. It had yeah. been here as a Air Force airport yep. right. but then it was going to be now it was going to be you know public a commuter a thing where people went well now they go to europe from here and you're going to iceland and places like that from from here but when they did they had several things that pertained to this yard where spirit you know, I don't want to go too far with you. With you know, I'm a spiritualist and I believe in them. And if you ain't seen them yet, they're around because everybody else that comes here sees them. When they went to do some work over there to remove some uh, weeds, they went to destroy milkweed. Oh my! And you know, milkweed sure. is what feeds the butterflies, the the bees, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. And it's really important for the environment. So they got in trouble for that. So then there was another thing where they took down some trees and they destroyed all of the eagles. So they got in trouble for that. You know, this has been a a native village for many, many, many years, you know, before people got here. All animals teach you. What I'm hearing, I think, and we can kind of even wrap up this, this first story this way, from what you said, Dr. Chuck, in the story, and what I'm hearing Cindy saying is that every animal, every living thing has a purpose. And so even when you see, you know, an animal that, is, that has been, uh, you know, killed on the side of the road, stop, show some reverence, 
see the artistry, see the, the majesty in, in the structure of that animal, the way that it was created so that it could help, so that it could give to all of us and, and make us stronger. Uh, and I think that's a very, very powerful lesson. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. We should uh, wrap this one yeah. up and move on to the next yep, one. You bet. This um, is good. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, I, will, I will never look at a vulture the same way again. Now. No, no, don't <laughs> look at any of those animals the same way. That's they right. are all unique. You bet. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, and we'll see you next week with more Get the Let Out with Dr. Chuck Stead. Now for a word from our favorite sponsor, the Montgomery Book Exchange, your hometown used bookstore. Now at our new location at 84 Clinton Street in the heart of the Montgomery, New York Business District. Now, if you've been here before, you'll love your next visit even more because we proudly share our new space with Astoria Hudson, a clothing boutique run by our good friend, Katie. The Montgomery Book Exchange is a place where great books survive the test of time, where you can read a book enjoyed by someone a generation before you. You might even find notes in the margin giving you an insight as to what mattered the most to the previous reader. That's how Montgomery Book Exchange turns a great book into a shared experience. And the Montgomery Book Exchange is known throughout the Hudson Valley and beyond for innovations like their Facebook Live sales or their intimate author readings and book signing experiences. How about their member-driven book club selections and book club talks? And did you know you can get store credits in the form of Montgomery Book Exchange book bucks when you bring your well-loved and gently used books in for a store credit? You can also find your Montgomery Book Exchange friends every first Friday evening at the monthly Handmade Montgomery event, which takes place from 6 to 8 p.m. This is a wonderful event featuring local artisans and hundreds of beautiful handmade items ranging from pottery to jewelry. For more information, just go to the MontgomeryBookExchange.com or call them at 845-764. 1787. That's 845-764-1787. There's one more thing. They have a special location at 8 Factory Street dedicated to your young readers. They call it the Montgomery Book Exchange Children's Chapter, and it features a reading garden where your children can discover the joy of reading in a wonderful and stimulating learning environment. Also at this location, you'll find Miss Claire's Music Cupboard, featuring the award-winning research-based Kinder Music Program. The Montgomery Book Exchange Children's Chapter is open Wednesday through Saturday. Check the website for specific class times that match your child's age. You can also contact the Children's Chapter at 845-522-9652. TheMontgomeryBookExchange.com, your hometown used bookstore. You're going to love this place. Oh,